Hey, this is Rick from The Lion's Daughter. You're listening to Vulgar Display of Podcast. Hi, and welcome to the Vulgar Display of Podcast live from the Barn Studios in Southeast Missouri. We are joined with a special guest right now. We have Rick from the Lion's Daughter. Rick, how are you? Good, man. How are you doing? Doing really well. It sounds like it's an exciting time for the Lion's Daughter. We have a new album coming out, a couple shows, CD release party. Really exciting time right now, I bet. It's cool, man. I'm, uh, uh, I'm definitely excited to get the new stuff out there. We're able to do it a little, uh, a little more quickly than usual since we're right now doing like a an independent release we don't have to go through the whole the whole label machine that takes a year you know we were able to just record this thing a couple months ago and get the fucker out so yeah that's that's actually pretty exciting to get out there while it's still fresh and i don't hate it yet (laughs) releasing this independently does that change things for you guys i mean obviously probably the more control and the more uh decision making goes into it on you guys's part but how does that change things for you guys it's not a drastic change but yeah, I mean, like you said, it's just, you know, we have complete control over it now. And it's not like, it's not like any label that we've ever worked with, you know, had any creative input as far as what we did. So, you know, that's the same. But, you know, if we were doing this with a label, it wouldn't come out until next summer. Um, and since we're doing it ourselves, you know, we could, you know, I said, fuck it, I want to do a Friday the 13th in October, you know, like a, a spooky day in the spooky season, um, which is not anything that we've done before and uh always wanted to do so that part of it's pretty nice um really besides that i mean we have you know the same person doing uh doing all the press stuff uh for us that it did before so that part's pretty much the same and um it doesn't it honestly doesn't change a ton just total control over everything which is nice and kind of you know kind of what our band set out to do and the very beginning anyway so we're kind of getting back to uh roots more or less and you mentioned the press stuff we want to shout out merciful kate from suspiria pr she set us up with you guys and actually sent us an advanced copy of this record and i've already texted my buddies and i'm like man if this doesn't end up on my end of the year list then i'm not sure what's going on loving this record man it is uh it's an absolute wall of sound and to me it sounds like a little bit of a throwback to 90s metal. It reminds me of, you know, maybe old Sepultura, old Fear Factory, Nail Bomb, Godflesh, all those kinds of things. Is that the case? Is that some of your influences? Love Sepultura. I've been listening to, goddamn, like, Beneath the Remains I've just had on repeat for like six months straight. But all that stuff's in there. There was never an intention to make a record that was leaning towards, you know, more towards any of that. It was just kind of... um it was a weird process creating this record because it wasn't like nothing was premeditated at all. It was kind of like 
let me sit, see what happens if I sit down and like turn off the decision making part of my brain and just see what comes out naturally. And what kind of came out naturally was like, I don't know, like my entire record collection sort of just melded into one. Um, and that's kind of the, the record that I wrote. But to me, I mean, I, I hear a lot of 80s stuff in there. I mean, like I was on a big, big like Dio kick uh, in the last year and listened to a lot of like just rat and like docking and really, really like riffy 80s metal stuff. So I think some of that is in there, but I mean, it really is like, I think it's everything from the first Metallica tape I ever had to the like most recent, you know, synth soundtrack album I might've bought. And I feel like it's all kind of in there. And I know artistry is always, you always want to leave it open to interpretation, right? But it, I, th- I think it is interesting that some one person can hear it and hear a t- completely different thing from the, its actual creator and where the inspiration come from. Uh, but speaking of that, your lyrics, it seems like, are a lot more personal on this record than some of your past work. Is that the case with this one? Uh, it is. It is. It's, uh, it's more personal, and at the same time, it's, it's a little more vague as well. I don't know. It's kind of strange. Like, lyrics are always a weird thing to talk about, and I, I feel like, for the most part, the less said about them the better because you know like you said you do want each individual listener to interpret it you know the way they're going to interpret it even if it's completely incorrect and not what you had in mind that's that's fine that's part of the experience that's why we make art you know it's things that we can't really put into words or communicate otherwise but yeah i mean when writing this shit it was kind of similar to the way the music was written where I don't know. I didn't, I didn't really think about it. I let it just kind of happen and let things just kind of come out. And even lyrically, I did the same thing. I just kind of heard what words were kind of being fed to me um, from whatever that fucking place is, whatever the, the muse is or the uh, creative side of the brain, whatever the fuck that is, a ghost in my bedroom, whatever, whatever it is that's telling me to write these words down. And then you kind of have to look at them afterwards and go like, oh, shit, this is personal or just does mean something or or whatever so yeah yeah i would say it is more it is more personal but probably not in the way that most people would assume like i, I wouldn't take any of it too literally you know so like mm-hmm. throughout times in my life songs that have meant something to me other people's songs that have meant something to me actually changes what they mean to me because of life experiences or personal experiences have you ever had that with your own lyrics um no because i don't pay any attention to them at all after they're written it could be a song like i'm singing live at the moment and i I probably couldn't tell you what the lyrics are it just like turns into muscle memory we had a uh, a rehearsal last night where scott asked me he's like oh yeah the third line of the song i forgot the lyric what is it i'm like i have no fucking idea like <laughs> right i could try to figure it out like phonetically like oh it sounds like oh it's these words okay but i don't yeah i don't give them any thought like even i don't even know if in the studio i'm paying attention to them i think after they're written down and i go okay i'm happy with this these are what the words are I don't think I ever really think about them too much again. Maybe I should. Shit, I don't know. <laughs> you know, you guys are described, often described as horror metal. You know, how much does that stuff enter into your music and your sound and, uh, you know, the dark imagery and the influence on your music and your overall artistic direction? I would say quite a bit. I mean, I've always considered like horror and metal kind of, you know, just different sides of the same coin. You know, being a like a little kid and seeing whether it was like, 
the movie poster for Reanimator, or, or and then like a Venom album cover. They were both kind of the same, uh, kind of scary, <laughs> forbidden, intriguing kind of thing. And then so many, you know, so many metal bands abused horror imagery, and especially through the '80s, there was a lot of like, well, and '90s, I guess, there was a lot of uh, heavy metal bands on like horror soundtracks and stuff like that. So, to me, to me, it seems completely natural to use the horror stuff in there. And again, it was never really like a decision to incorporate that stuff. It's just things, the things sound right together to me, you know? Absolutely. And I think, you know, visually the bathhouse album cover is wild, right? Oh <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> and I know the artist is Daniel Peacock. How did that inspiration, how did that, uh, how do you think it complements the sound and the album? So to me, it works perfectly. Um, just because, I think with, you know, with the last couple album covers that Mothmeister did, um, those were like these, you know, hooded, robed, masked uh, figures that, you know, you kind of, you kind of wondered what was, it was a little more subtle and creepy and you kind of wondered what, you know, what's, what's under that mask, what's, what's hiding. Um, and I feel like those last couple of records were a little bit like that too. They were a little, a little more shrouded in mystery. Um, and I think the new one is a little more, it's more of an attack. Um, I think it's a more vicious record. It's just warmer and brighter in general. Um, and I wanted the album art to represent that. Like what happens, you know, if you take one of these, one of these uh figures and you unmask it like what is what's underneath there well this terrifying fucking thing is what's underneath there and not only is it loose but it's outside your house you know um and that's kind of what i wanted uh the record to sound you know to, it's kind of what i wanted to use to represent the way the the record feels it's a little more in your face on the loose a little more a little more uh immediate danger you know Sure. I was doing prep for this interview and actually had the album cover pulled up on my computer and my daughter walks in who's younger. I had to close it down real quick because I was like, that's a conversation that I'm going to have at 11 o'clock at night. Dad, I think that thing's in my closet. Yeah, you'd have to say, you know, listen, honey, when a young man grows up without many friends and then he starts a metal band, (laughs) some weird shit. You know, we are a uh, Midwest podcast. We consider St. Louis our home. We're a little bit further south down in Farmington, but uh, we cover okay, yeah. we cover St. Louis quite a bit. You know, the St. Louis music scene, what do you think it is right now? How do you think it's going? Uh, and who, maybe who are some of your past homies and other bands? And, uh, you know, what is making it in the Midwest like for you guys? I don't really know. I'll admit I'm pretty out of touch. There are a lot of, you know, again, I'm, you know, I'm in my 40s as well, and I don't go to as many shows as, as I did. And, you know, even when I, a lot of times, I mean, I hope this doesn't come off fucking pompous, but, you know, a lot of times I go see younger bands and it's kind of the same thing over and over, man. Like, I don't know. For, for me to, for me to spend my time and money and stand there and pay attention to you, like, I, please just do something interesting. Um, and I feel like a lot of metal bands as of late just, stay very very inside of whatever box they choose to put themselves in and i get bored with that quickly unless it's done really really well um so i can't say that i know a ton of like active bands or what's happening in the city right now i know there is a scene happening because if i go to you know if i go to show a show at st cole or off broadway or wherever um i see a lot of young people that i don't know that are coming out to shows and are enthusiastic and it's fucking awesome to see but you know, my favorite bands are still 
who they were like 10 years ago. It's Hell Knight and Sister and The Gorge. And luckily all those bands are still going and still doing awesome shit. There was a newer one that I saw their first show and they were called uh, Spinal Fetish. It's two of the guys from Blackwell and they were fucking awesome. They were really awesome. So we immediately asked them to uh, open our record release show. So that's a younger band that I'm excited about. They're kind of, uh, they're elements of like, of, of death, you know, like the, the Florida band death. Sure. Um, yeah. It's a kind of proggy death metal, but without being uh, technical or like beat down or I don't know, just like just raw and played really, really well. So I'm excited. And it's just a three piece. So I'm excited to see what else those guys do. But yeah, St. Louis is a weird one, man. And you mentioned the gorge. We actually talked to Phil from the gorge yesterday. And uh, I know oh, yeah. you guys have a show this Friday, August 4th, St. Louis, Missouri at off Broadway with the gorge. It's actually their album release show. You guys and blight future. The vulgar display of podcast is actually going to be there covering it. So we're excited oh, nice. about that. Then also your own record release at red flag, October 13th, four hands presents the lion's daughter bathhouse record release show with hell Knight and spinal fetish. And you're doing an extra cool little thing, a special Friday the 13th video presentation by Late Night Grindhouse, horror trailers. Sounds like a lot yeah. of fun. Got some cool shows lined up. Are there any uh, touring plans in the future? Well, we were supposed to, fucking stupid, man. We were supposed to, starting October 12th and like into November, we were supposed to go out with Goblin. And this is the fourth time that that tour has been booked and then canceled. Oh. Yeah, I mean, that's four times now so i don't think that tour is ever happening Um, (laughs) so that kind of that kind of fucked our tour plans there you know because we're kind of we're older dudes man like i'm not interested in piling into a van and just eating shit to play in front of 12 people for a few weeks you know what i mean when i was 20 that was cool but not anymore so unless a good opening slot pops up i don't know that we'll be doing any any full tours anytime soon but there is something being talked about that could be really, really, really exciting and by far the biggest thing that, that we've ever, ever done. I can't say too much about yet, and I also don't want to jinx it, but there's a possibility we might be out there playing some some pretty stellar fucking shows sometime within the next year. So and Hopefully that happens, because I like playing live, and these new songs are fun as hell to play live. So Yeah, I can imagine. The first time I seen you guys was actually you guys opened for Lamb of God and Behemoth at the pageant. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, saw that, and... uh you know, was that sort of a pinch yourself kind of moment? I mean, the pageant's always, you know, the sound and the lights great there, but opening for, uh, you know, two metal legends. Uh, it wasn't, it wasn't. <laughs> Again, I don't want to sound like an asshole, but I'm not, I'm not a Lamb of God fan at all. I find their shit about as, as basic as a metal band could get. It's just not for me. It's Pantera Light. It's just not, not something I've ever been into. Um, so, yeah, and Behemoth is cool, but I'm also just not a, a huge fan which I'm glad neither of those bands knew at the, at the time that we were <laughs> right. uh, lucky enough to get to open for them. Cause that was, yeah, that was awesome. Like playing, playing a fucking like packed show at the pageant. It was, it was pretty neat. I mean, when you're used to, you know, you walk out on stage and you know, you set up, you set up your pedal board and you do whatever. And well, you wander off and get a beer and then it's time to play or whatever. Like this was strange where it was like, okay, it's seven thirty. hit the stage. And as soon as, you know, we just walked on stage. I didn't even have a chance to like pick up my guitar yet. And people started cheering and I just heard a dude up front go metal. I was like, Oh, <laughs> all right. This is, this is nice. These guys don't even know. People don't even know who we are. And they're just enthused to see a band. And I think we were pretty weird to most of that audience, but I think it went over well. It was pretty fun. 
Yeah, and I would say from just being in the crowd, from the crowd perspective, I, I felt like you guys went over really well. I thought it sounded great. Well, thanks, man. Yeah, like we got to play to a lot of new people, and you know, I feel like it was kind of weird afterwards because I was like, all right, we're done playing. I want to like go out by the bar and catch up with friends and stuff, and people kept stopping me. Like people kept stopping me to be like, oh, it was a great show, man. You blah blah blah. Every, you know, my son plays guitar, whatever, whatever the fuck people want to talk to me about. But I'm like, oh. This is what it's like. These people don't know. <laughs> I'm just a guy that lives a few blocks away. Right. They think like, you know, like, cool. Nice to meet you all. Do you want to buy a shirt or something? Maybe. But, you know. Um, yeah. You're like, what is this? That, this didn't happen at the old creepy crawl. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Maybe those uh, those bands weren't up your alley. But I do know you also opened or was on the same bill as uh, Sebastian Bach last summer with the Pig and Whiskey. Oh, fuck yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. Speaking of metal legends, I mean, what was? Did you get to meet him? How was that interaction? What was Fuck that like? No, no, dude, that fucking guy. He. So the only it was a million degrees outside. The only green room that there was, like only dressing room, was his. So we weren't allowed in it. That dude wasn't even in there. He pulled up late. He pulled up in a limo, went straight to the stage, escorted by cops, did his did his set, and then went immediately off stage escorted by cops into a limo gone like oh wow no one got to say a word to that guy yeah which was actually kind of fucking funny we're like all right dude but i i get it i mean if you saw the people that were at the the pig and whiskey festival <laughs> to see sebastian bach you probably wouldn't want to talk to many of them either so <laughs> right i get it but it was, it was cool though man that was like if Lamb of God fans didn't know what to think of us like sebastian bach fans definitely definitely were just fucking confused but it was it was so much fun we're joined here with Rick from Lion's Daughter. Got the new album coming out, Bathhouse. You guys have to check it out. October 13th with the CD release show at Red Flag with some other great bands as well. Rick, we appreciate your time, man, and we can't wait to see you on Friday and then again in uh, October. Awesome. Hell yeah. Thanks, man. 